wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Preaching this morning. Wow! A lot of excitement around that. And uh, both Jimmy and Danielle, they've got some news to share as well, which is pretty exciting too. So why don't we just stand briefly, if we could, and just welcome Jimmy as, uh, as he comes to bring the message. Oh, thank you. Take a seat. How are you? Uh, so we've got some big news, and Danielle's going to tell you. <laughs> well, um, we are being sent out to start a new church in New Life Church in New Plymouth, in the North Island. <laughs> so that's been, yeah, brewing for a few years, and, and just through some really awesome prophetic words, um, when Mark Banyard was here, and some from John Steele, and just some things that God has been speaking to us, and we're just so excited, and so it's going to be happening soon, so pray for us. <laughs> And yeah, hope you. Yeah, I'm from Taranaki originally, so around South Taranaki, so I'm real excited to, to go home. And, and um, when we first got to Nelson, God brought us here. The first surf out was West he goes, you know, I always thought it'd be cool to have a church in your Plymouth. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that'd be cool, whatever, yeah. But <laughs> it's a long story, but God started to get our attention after a while. So we're really excited, and, and there's lots to share about it, but we're, um, we're really pumped. And we're so thankful for you guys. And just uh, having us here, it's been really fun. I'd never been to New Plymouth. I'd never, uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, I got distracted. What was that? Olga? Oh, Olga, you look lovely. Is that, yep, cool. um, I'd never been to Nelson before coming, like just moving to live here. I'd never been here before. So everyone was like, oh man, do you know what Nelson is? Like, it's beautiful, man. I was like, oh, sweet, cool. So I'm, I was, we're so thankful to be here for as long as we're here. So yeah. yeah. So we're um, hoping to launch in March 2020, and we're going to call it Freedom Church. And so um, our vision for a Freedom Church would be that everybody would know God's freedom. <laughs> it sounds kind of obvious, but and that um, that we could be a large net in the community together as a team. You know, really reaching out to the community and each person fulfilling that role in that dream team. So yeah. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Great. Woo. Awesome. I'm going to try and get this working again. Oh, there we go. Beautiful. Let's see if I can get it. Almost. Nothing. Do I push it across? Or I push it harder? I'll give, I'll give it to the master. I'm not very good at technology. My seven-year-old is surpassing me. Oh, thank you. I asked my seven-year-old for advice about technology at home, so. And thanks for having me, guys. It's crazy being up here. I don't preach that often, so whenever I do, I'm like, why did somebody let me up here? They, uh, so thanks for having me, and this is really good practice uh, for what we're about to get into. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I felt like God put a message on my heart this week that I want to share that I've titled, Walk Out of Worry. And if there's anything negative that we all have in common, it's worry. <laughs> you know, of all different types, no matter what age you're at, you know, if you're married and you've got lots of kids, you got some worry probably. <laughs> if you're single, you're probably worried, am I ever going to get married? You know, there's always something. If you're in high school, you know you got worry in high school. So I think it's something that we all have to deal with in life. And I really feel like there's the solution for it in Matthew 6, all through the Bible. But I'm going to be sharing today just from Matthew 6. Uh, yeah, so should we get into it? 
All right, walk out of worry. So I'm going to give you guys five steps how to walk out of worry. Sounds good? All right. So the first one here is find your treasure. And I'm just going to read this verse in Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. You can go there if you want to. I'm going to read it out anyway. All right, so this is Jesus talking. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. In verse 21, this is the key verse here, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think the thing about worry is you're never worried about one thing. You know, it's like, I'm worried about one thing, but the rest of my life is fine. It never works like that with me. (laughs) Usually worry just covers your whole life. There's always something. As soon as you get one thing you're worried about sorted, there's always something else, you know. And so what I feel like the first step is, is to go on a, a treasure hunt. Yeah. It's, the Bible says that where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think worry is a, it's a, all about the heart. It's all what's going on in, in the inside. And so going for that treasure hunt, I think a key thing that God's helped me do is just ask him for help. You know, because we, we, we kind of have so many, it's like looking at, if you could look at this whole room and just go, man, if you could sprinkle all the different things that you're worried about, it's, man, where do I start, Lord? And so you've you got to ask God, God, help me go on a treasure hunt for what is the root of my worry? What is going on? And what will happen is God will start to put a X where the root of your worry is coming from. So that's step one is start the treasure hunt. Is that my baby? Oh, Tanya. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. All right, number one, find your treasure. All right, number two, I'm going to read Matthew uh, 6. It's all in Matthew 6 today, verse 24. All right, it says, no one, hold on a second, I'm getting used to this little awesome thing here. There we go. All right, it says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. I love little short sentences in the Bible that are just straight up true, and there's nothing you can say about it. (laughs) You can't serve God and wealth as much as I think I can at times. I can't do that. You cannot serve God and wealth. And I think... Uh, the thing about that is it's God wants to bless you, wants you to have money. He wants to prepare you to steward it properly. But you, for some reason, you, he wants that, but you also can't serve God in wealth. So it's, what does that mean? I think it means just simply that you cannot serve God and worry about money. You can't pursue it di- directly. Like this is, this is the thing. Your trust, simply put, has to be in God has to be what he gives you, when he wants to give it to you. And, the, and it's like a priority list. You've got to rely on his priority list, not your priority list. Because I'm learning how to prioritize. I, I dropped out of high school. I'm scared of brain. I am all over the place. And that's just my brain. Forget about my heart that's all messed up at times, yeah? And so we, this is the way God teaches us how to put first things first. And it all comes down to trust in him, yeah? All right, so number two is, uh, what's number two, guys? Thank you. Oh, paying attention. I like that. 
right, number three, M is a question. Am I valued by God? All right, I'm going to read these, uh, these five verses here in Matthew 6, verse 25 to 30, right after I take a drink, because it will help me slow down and breathe properly. All right, awesome. All right, so it says here, for this reason, this is Jesus talking, for this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. This is the important part. Are you not more, worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. Observe the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, uh, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, who was the richest king on the face of the universe, probably to this day, just in case you didn't know who he was, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? All right, so five verses there, and this is what I think those five verses are, are saying. They're prompting me, they're prompting us to ask the question, am I valued by God? Yeah, of course I am. Yeah, I, yeah, I know I am. I grew up in church, so I know I am. <laughs> I, I really knew the, the, the quick answer to this question, but like we were talking about, worry is such a deep issue. Uh, the, these issues at heart are, are really deep. And so over time, just as, I know for me, as with a lot of us, as different challenges come in life, it really forces us to stop and go a lot deeper than we've gone before. And these steps of walking out of worry, they're deep steps. They're slower to really take some time and think about it and really ask the question, really ask God, man, am I valued by you? I know the answer is yes, but man, how do I really, really, really feel on the inside? All right, so number three. Let's move on from there. That's number three. I love this thing, this is great. Uh, all right, number, sorry, number four now is, uh, I'm going to be reading from Matthew 6. It says, know that he knows. All right, so Matthew 6, 31 to 32, it says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. You have to know that he knows you need these things. You have to know it. And you can't just know it by, someone said, okay, great. Like, you've got to know it. I know my wife loves me so much. Because I hang out with her all the time. And, I, and it's not the words she says. I can feel it, man. That girl likes me, man. She really, really likes me. 
Like, she loves me, but she likes me too. Like, she really likes me as a person. She loves me because we're in love and all that, but she really likes me. And on the days that she doesn't like me, <laughs> I, wasn't, I don't know where that came from. On the days that she might be, you know, or I might not like, I'm, we're kind of str- you know, we're struggling on that day. I can tell, you know, but God always likes you. He always loves you. You got to get around him. You got to know that he knows you need these things. If you don't, you're going to spend your whole life trying to get these things in order the way you think and when you think you want to. But man, I'm so glad we don't have to live like that. I'm so glad I don't have to live like that. Isn't that awesome? I think it's amazing. All right, number five. It's coughed into the mic there. All right, take a new step. All right, this is a real popular verse. Uh, I think it's just amazing. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I think think when it comes to realigning our lives with this verse, like, okay, I'm going to start, where do I need to start seeking the kingdom? I think often it, like what really needs to happen in my life is usually a step I've never actually taken before towards seeking the kingdom. It's something that maybe I haven't done the way that needs to be done now. And I, I think that when we pray and we spend time with the Lord, we can really ask Him, Lord, how? Because there's so many ways you can seek the kingdom, you know? You can, go, you can start being more faithful at church. You could start go out doing evangelism. You could spend more time reading your Bible. You name it. Like, there's so many different things you could maybe think of that might mean seek His kingdom first, you know? But often when, for me, when it comes to this worry... There's usually something I've never thought of, a step that I've never thought of before when it comes to seeking the kingdom. And uh, (laughs) who wants an extra five bonus steps? (laughs) All right. This is my all-time favorite verse in the entire Bible. This is by far, without a doubt, my number one, number one verse in the Bible. If I could have just one and that's it, this would be it right here. All right, this is Matthew 6, same chapter. We're going back to verse 6. All right, so I'm going to read this out. And then I'm going to give you five extra steps just for free. (laughs) All right, so this Matthew 6, verse 6, it says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in heaven. Sorry, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Thank you, Jesus, for warning. All right. You want five extra steps? Here we go. All right. All right, number one. That verse, right at the beginning, it says, But you, when you pray, when you pray... I pray all all the time. We pray all the time. Like I'm going to I'm going to work. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm doing my thing. I'm kind of you know, talking to God all the time. But uh, I think it's really important to have a, a lifestyle of prayer that's just it's 
something very personal to you. It might not be like anybody else you've ever seen, but where you actually set a time, this is the the time that I'm actually going to go and pray, whether it's once a week or every day, whatever it is. And so the first step is when I'm going to pray. So set, set a time, think up, a, ask a Lord, how can I have a life, how can I have a lifestyle of prayer? I know my friend has a lifestyle of prayer, but that might not be how God wants you to have that particular way. It's very individual. All right, number two, I'm going to lay them all out here for you. All right, so this verse, it says, when you pray, that's number one. Number two, go into your room. Number three, shut the door. Number four, pray to your Father. You are in that room with God Almighty. You're not in that room talking to yourself. You're in that room with your dad. And that's the, one of the first things I noticed when somebody, uh, when I first got saved, somebody encouraged me to go and pray, um, you know, just while I was at home. And I never done it. I was 20. I'd been saved for like a month or something like that. And I walk into a room, shut the door, I was like, well, this feels weird, yeah. And I grew up in church going to prayer meetings, but there's a difference between church and prayer meetings and being in a room by myself, yeah. And I did, I felt kind of funky like it, but you are not in that room by yourself. You're praying to your father. All right, so number one is set a time to pray. Number two, go into your room. Number three, shut the door. Uh, number four, Pray to your father, number five, who is in the secret place. There is this place that I did not know about for years after being a Christian, after getting saved, growing up in church. I did not know this place existed. I had heard of the secret place, but I'd never been there in my life. And I hadn't heard much about it. If somebody talked about it, I probably wasn't listening, which is very possible. Um, but there is a place that you can go to called the secret place, and it will change your life, and it will change people's lives around you. In the secret place, you'll find out exactly what you were born for. In the secret place, God will teach you how to let go of worry. Beyond anything I've even said today, God will speak to you specifically about how to line your life up and line your heart up with the priorities that God has for you in that season. I'd never done this before until uh, I've been saved for probably, um, I don't know, it was, it was a while, like it was a couple of years. And uh, I remember I, I got to the one of the first times I really was struggling after getting saved. And I, as a young, as a young guy, I really wanted to get married from the age of like five. You know? <laughs> I was just one of those guys, you know, one of those kids. Oh, I can't wait to get married. I want to marry that person, you know, whatever. I was just like that, yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't know Jesus. I had a lot of hurt, a lot of rejection. I came, came from a broken family. And one of the things that happened after I got saved was, uh, I was always thinking, oh, who am I, I going to marry? And it was one of those things I had to really let go of and not worry about and really give it to the Lord. And I tried and I tried and I tried for a long time. And when I, when I finally got to this really tough spot in my life with the Lord, probably, I want to say like a year after getting saved, um, 
I knew God was, was not telling me, you're never going to get married. He was telling me, you've got to let this go. You've got to trust me, son. And this was the, one of the first, um, the, really the first steps of really deciding to trust God. And there were, there were many to come. And there's, there's a lot of this stuff in our life where God wants to have you take that first step of really trusting. For you, it might look different. For me, it was this, this area of trusting God with who I was going to marry. So I, I, I did. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't make myself stop worrying about it. I couldn't make myself stop thinking about it. And every, all the advice I was getting was really, really good. But I just didn't get it. And finally... Something the pastor said popped into my mind, and he said, "Man, why don't you go pray, pray about this stuff? Take it to the Lord." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Like I just felt like I heard that a lot, but for some reason there was this grace over my life at that point to really hear it, and so I decided, "All right, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, and I'm going to go to our garage where it's just you know all messy in there because it's the only place that I can go to where my flatmates flatmates won't interrupt me." And I went in there, and I, I just went in to ask for God's help and what to do. But I, I didn't know what to do other than that. And so I just started doing what I know how to do. I put some music on, so I in my hands. I was like, thank you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Just saying all the words that I grew up learning how to say in the Pentecostal church and, and all this stuff. And then I was just like, this, this is not working, man. This is, I can tell, like, my heart is just is really in a lot of pain and and I don't, I don't know what to do. This is not working. And I know it's not me. It's, I mean, I mean, I know it's not God. You know, it's, it's me that's missing something. And I just sat there like this for about half an hour. It was just like, and I was like, and I just had finally got desperate enough. I just had to cry. I was like, Lord, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I know that this is something that that is blocking me from really moving forward, from understanding what you're doing. And God, that desperation just kicked in, and God started pouring His grace on me. I started understanding that how hurt I was, and how much my 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 life before I was a Christian had really damaged my heart. And I'd been looking for love and looking for fulfillment in every place except for the right place. And God started to heal me. And God started to speak life to me, and started to speak to me about who I really am. And this new creation that I had become, I, I didn't know what they actually looked like. So to show me what they really looked like. And that worry just left and it never came back ever again. And I, di- and I didn't, uh, I d- made a decision. I'm not going to, I'm not I'm just going to leave this issue alone. And God brought me a, a beautiful, he, God had to import mine from America. Uh, I, I like to say that, but yeah. And uh, in Proverbs, 9, when I was a kid, we had to memorize verses all the time, and I never, I never did it. I always failed, like every time. I grew up in a primary school, a Christian school in Harbour and Taranaki, actually. And uh, the one verse that I remember learning, um, this is five years worth of learning verses. There was only one I remembered, and it stayed with me. That's terrible, I know, but um, there was one verse I remembered, and. Even after, years after I got saved, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh, it's just a verse I remembered. But man, I know why I remembered it, because God made sure I remembered it, because it was going to change my life. In Psalm 91, verse 1, it says that he who dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
when you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, you can feel it, man. You're like, man, he's got me. I can't even think of the things I should worry about. He's, I just, he's got me. I know what's up. I know he's got me. I know he's got my uh, future wife. He's got my future husband. He's got my kids that aren't born yet. He's got the church that he's going to look, uh, put me in to look after, to serve him. He's got everything sorted. He's got, I don't know how he's got it, but he's got it. You know, I want a plan. I want to know when and where, but we can't, we don't, that's not how it works. God is more interested in developing your trust in him than unloading every plan, every nook and cranny. And I finally started to get it. I finally started to understand. So I, I made a, a point in my life, that's it, man. I don't know how to do much, but I know how to dwell in the secret place. I can feel it when I try. I try all the time and I fail at it. I, even now I'll go and I'll set a time and I'll do it. And uh, I'm just striving, you know. I'm just like try, I'm trying to get in the secret place, even that. You know? <laughs> um, but, but every second day or every second week I get it. And I get in the presence of God. I'm like, oh, that's right. I can relax. Oh, this is awesome. I can really relax. It's not about what I do. It's not about our striving. It's not about any of that. It, it, when, when, if you read through the Gospels, Jesus, in and out of the miracles and everything he preached, he said one thing over and over was so that we could be with him. And that really stuck out to me when I started really spending time with the Lord. I'd just read the Gospels over and over. And... Uh, I, a lot of the time, stuff that really hits my heart, that brings deliverance, uh, usually it starts with I don't understand what it means. <laughs> if, I don't know if you're anything like me. I'll be like, wow, like what is that? Why does it say that? Like, why does he say, so you can be with me? Yeah. But it's just so simple as that. It's because he wants to be with you. He wants you to be with him. That's why he created you, to be with him now, to be with him in heaven. And so you don't have to wait for heaven to be with him. You can be with him right now amongst the mess, amongst the worries, amongst the bills, amongst the, am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? Everything. I mean, I, we understand Danielle and I couldn't have kids for five years. We thought it was only her body that had issues. Turns out my body had way worse issues. Um, I won't get into the gory details, but um, we got healed, man. We went to a Randy Clark meeting and somebody had a word of knowledge for us. And uh, and goes, you're. Uh, they were praying, and they opened one eye, and they go, "You're trying for kids, yeah?" And I was like, "Yep, <laughs> yeah." And we were like, "Wow!" And he prayed for us, and we had a church pray for us, and we got healed. It was an absolute miracle, absolute miracle. There were so many things in my life that I just worried about, but that was one of the things that we were like, not having kids. The idea of not having kids, I just, I'm not, I'm not even going there. Like, it'll be awesome. However, it happens. Even if we adopt, we're having kids, man. I, I, I know God, how God feels about me. I've been hanging out with him. I know how he feels about me, you know? And so I just, we knew that we knew it was going to happen. And uh, we didn't know how, though. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We didn't know when. And yeah, now we've got four kids and we've got no time for anybody. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And now we're apparently going to go start a church. Please pray for us. Yeah, all right. I'm going to close in prayer, yeah? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for how amazing you are, how you have everything lined up. Like your word says that you know the plans that you have for us. You know everything that's, that's going to try and hinder us, and you have the answer for everything that's going to try and hinder us. 
And we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to walk and worry anymore. We thank you, Lord, that we know it's a process. But, Lord, I just pray for just a window of grace right now. Lord, for those of us that are in in the middle of worry right now. I feel like the Lord wants to challenge you right now as a window for you to make a choice. Jesus explains in Matthew 6 that this is a choice. It's a choice that you get to make to 100% trust God. He loves you so much. He's your dad who wants to give you everything that you were born for and more. The, the craziest, most exciting thing you've ever dreamed of and more. But you've got to make a choice. Lord, I just pray for your grace right now in the name of Jesus for that window of grace for us to choose to not worry anymore. Even the worries that go on in school, in high school, we just break that in Jesus' name over the young people in this room. The decisions, the future, the weight, the relationships. Lord, we just pray for a miracle for the person that needs that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. Love to see you on Sundays, 10 a.m., 101 Hardy Street, Wilson.